Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi guys, welcome to From Lads to Dads. This week we've got Vicky Basarius on. She's an award-winning blogger, author, and filmmaker. And she's got so much knowledge in terms of parenting and just being an honest parent. And I think that's what we're we're all about, is being honest and not, you know, fancying it up and making it all Instagram likable, actually what parent is like. So I really hope you enjoy this. Due to the lockdown, we've had to do this interview via Zoom. So the audio quality isn't fantastic, but the content hopefully is. So hope you enjoy, guys. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. And we hope you enjoy. Everybody, welcome to From Lads to Dads. Today we'll be talking to Vicky Pisarius, award-winning mum blogger. So hopefully, Vicky, you're going to help us be better parents. Because I mean, your blog's great, <laughs> your book's fantastic. So yeah, how are you handling oh, lockdown? You know, some days are good, and other days I just want to pull my hair out. So I, I don't, you know, I don't know if I've got masses of wisdom. What I have been doing is sharing kind of whatever. I, I record these tips, which I've been sharing on social media, things that are helping me. But I'm also really honest about the rubbish days and the days where we go, actually, we're having an inset day today. Woo! No teacher, no home. <laughs> So I think we just have to be really super kind to ourselves. And everybody's situation is different. How and what sort, of day, what sort of day has it been for you today? Has it been a good day? Has it been a bad day? Or? No, it's been all right, actually. Like, my 10-year-old basically just got on with stuff, and he does want help from me at times, but generally he just cracks on, which is good. Mm. And he's and, and my little one, well, he's not really little, he's seven, but he's still little to me, has been great. So I've had quite a full-on work day today, so it's actually been really nice to be able to give my work attention in daylight hours instead of nighttime because I am doing a lot of writing at night, and actually I'm one of these people that doesn't sleep well anyway, so... Mm. I only get a good night's sleep if I kind of switch off early, yet I do a job that doesn't really allow me to do that. So I have to try and find a way, yeah, to, 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 to sort of make balance it. Yeah, to make that better, really. So I am trying 
yeah, so I'm, today, after we do this, I am going to, I'm writing something new at the moment, so I'm committing to 500 words a day. So I'm going to, like, log off from this after we um, do this recording. I'm going to quickly eat, and then I'm just going to do 500 words, and then I'm going to do something totally different. I'm going to read, or I'm going to, like, watch something on Netflix, and then I'm going to go to bed. Because I find if I do work until midnight, I'm up till three, just my head's mm. buzzing, I'm... I think it's really hard as parents because we've got this flexible working, a lot of us, not all of us, but say if you're a blogger or you're working online and that's really great, but then the, the flexibility means that, yeah, you can work any time, but it can still affect your life because, yeah. you know, you might be working really late or not sleeping enough, and, and I definitely think I'm guilty of that a lot. So, mm. But I think that yeah. sometimes I think that is it's the case of being creative i think because a lot of the time when people are creative their um you know their their mind is going 100 miles an hour and i think do find it hard to sleep and uh my friend is that actually well, you just sleep like that then <laughs> i just fall asleep straight away so. oh, my husband's like that i hate people like you it's so annoying especially like yeah he my husband just sleep anywhere anytime so annoying um but, yeah, you're, a, you're lucky, though, that you can do that, Ben. Well, it's, so, to be fair, I was telling Matt earlier, um, today, a Thursday, is really hard because my wife, she's a midwife, so she works, like, 14-hour oh. a day. So wow. I've, got two, I've got a two-year-old and a one-year-old, and I've got an 11-year-old upstairs, but he just cracks on with his PlayStation. So I've, I've got to keep the kids happy all day. And wow. it's been a meltdown today. Absolute meltdown. They hit, they, they hit the car keys on Sunday for an hour and a half, so we couldn't find that. And the tablet that I was going to use today, because I'm on my phone, um, yeah. I, I used it the other day, and they hit it. And I don't know where it is. I've checked the washing machine. I've checked the crisp cupboard. I've checked out the front in case they're thrown out the window. So, yeah, I'm losing technology. Well, I don't know what's going to go next week. Probably the telly will be gone tomorrow. I don't know what they're, they're killing me. Oh, gosh. It's so my- hard, like, to have toddlers and, you know, your one-year-old's a baby. It's difficult. Mm. Well, the thing, the one-year-old, the, he's more like a, he's a bit more, um, what's the word? Uh, Theo, my two-year-old's quite sensitive and quite funny and he likes to keep himself to himself. Ronnie is like a bulldozer. So Ronnie just runs at him and wants to play with him and Theo doesn't like it and he's very yeah. rough and stuff gets missed. You know, just so you've got day. three little, so that you've got three little boys, two, little, two young boys and an two older little, boy. Two, yeah, my eldest, the eldest, 11, he's my stepson um, yeah. and Theo and Ronnie are mine. Um, but the, step, the 11-year-old, he's a dream, just goes upstairs. He, he does a bit of schoolwork in the morning. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen him today. But I think... I think he has Thursdays off because he knows uh, I'll let him office and stuff because I'm feeling too nice. Thursdays. But your wife's doing an amazing thing, you know, mm. frontline, midwifery, lots of women are having babies at the moment and mm. it's so important that, you know, that's wonderful that she's doing that and great that you're able to help as well and, mm. and do the childcare. You know, it's not just working from home. You're actually like, you know, you're working at home because you can't go to work or because the whole world mm. has changed. So for me, I work from home anyway. I mean, things have changed though anyway in terms yeah. of like, you know, I'm not obviously going to studios or doing shoots or going for meetings. Mm. But we've, I think we're all just adapting to this brave new world. And I think that a lot of these the elements that we're seeing now are going to continue, right? There's going to be a lot more remote working. Definitely, yeah. A lot so that's more what I'm pe- struggling with. 
It's what I'm struggling yeah. with as a father, really. Because with me and, me and my wife, I'm a gas engineer at the moment by trade. Yeah. So when she's at work, I stay at home. And when I'm at work, she's at home. Um, yeah. So it's like our only free time is like going actually to work. And then in the evenings, we're both shattered. And, um, you know, we sit there, we're covered in ketchup because the kids have like wiped <laughs> all over our face. Yeah, There's, yeah. Uh, there's nappies that need to, like, you know, be filled up in the box, and there's wipes. Oh, we've run out of wipes. Someone's got to do a quick run over to the co-op, two meter distance. It's never that ending, is, is it? No. I'm calling myself Cinderella at the moment because I just feel like, all, you know, all I'm doing is cooking, cleaning, sorting, you know, and then. But I just, I suppose, think this is our like normality and for a lot of us that kind of get a break when we actually go to work or when our kids go to school. That's, but that's what, definitely so, like you were saying about podcasting, um, going to like, this is like probably what it's going to be like for a while um, digitally. But when me and Matt get together and we are in a room together, we bounce off each other. And also it's like a, it's like a therapy. Um, yeah. That's why, that's why we mainly got together to start this was uh, we were both going through like a bad time. And uh, we just thought, we talk hours on the phone, a load of nonsense, and normally moaning about our kids and funny situations and things in the past. Let's put it to hopefully someone else can listen to it and get very, very positive. I think that's it. amazing because I think that not enough male voices are out there, and particularly mm. dads. And I think that as men, you know, in society, you have a lot of pressure to seem strong, and there's a lot of like toxic masculinity as well that men should, you know, man up and not talk about their feelings. And I'm raising my sons as, you know, to not feel that way and, and to kind yeah. of understand their emotions. And, you know, I'm trying my best to anyway. Obviously, yeah. there's there's going to be elements and pressures that come externally, but I want them to feel strong enough to, to know it's okay to cry, to talk, to... And for you guys to set this up, this podcast, but also to have that friendship... That's a really important thing, you know. Mm. You're not, you're not just. I don't know. I don't think dads are depicted that kind of honestly in the media, in a way. Like, um, I don't know. There's, I think we need to see more of it so that we kind of we understand what you guys are going through and your feelings. <laughs> and and I think what was a real turning point was when that research came out about dads who also get postnatal depression. Yeah, and. Um, you know, and I thought that was really important that when you have, particularly when you have a first baby, it's such a massive shock to the system. Yes, women go through the hormonal thing, but the partner, if it's a man, and it's not always a man, obviously, so I, I don't think that we're talking as in like our situations, then, and, and even if you're not a man, you're still going to, as a partner, if you're a woman, going to go through this as well, because it's a shock, it's a change to your complete world. You've gone from... I mean, I was very naive before my first baby. I just thought, this is going to be easy. I've held mm -hmm. babies. I have cousins that are babies. It's going to be so easy. It's not easy. It's sleep deprivation. It's hormonal changes. It's your whole life has changed. Your work routine, your relationship is different because you don't have spontaneity and you, you're sharing your time and energy. Like, everything changes. Mm. But... I think that in 2010, because I started my blog in 2010, before then, you know, um, before blogs and social media and Instagram and stuff, or at the start of it, it felt really lonely to be a parent. It felt really lonely. And this kind of chat and this honest discourse around parenting 
was just not common. Like, everyone was pretending. Yeah. Everyone's pretending. You go to, like, NCT groups and everyone's, like, pretending that they're fine. That is so exhausting. Imagine not being fine, having to pretend you're fine. And then on top of that, having to socialise with people you don't even know. I think, yeah, I think that's why we're very lucky because we both, uh, between my eldest Theo and Autumn, yeah. Matt's daughter, is three months. So when, uh, we, we, when we both had our kids, me and him were the only people who knew, because we were both exactly the same. We're both laddie. We used to go out drinking and partying. <laughs> and then we yeah. never wanted to admit it, so we never wanted to admit that instantly it changes. Your responsibilities change. And you've got to come to terms with that as, as a father, come to terms with that. So when you go yeah. and like see your other friends who haven't got kids and they go, oh, it must be amazing. And you're like pretending like you said, you're there going, oh, actually, no, last night I got up to my elbows in poo because a kid was up <laughs> at three o'clock or I got, I got yeah. sick all over my face. And you're like, no, no, it's brilliant. And then you have to like sort of come back to reality. And then Matt was for me a person I'd been to and be like, Matt, you never guessed this. Theo's only gone and thrown his toothbrush down the toilet. And then after, you know, me brushing his teeth and he's thrown down the toilet. I can't get it. I was like, oh my God. And then he'd have a story. And as an engineer, if you can't retrieve a, t- a toothbrush from the toilet, we're all, oh, this is you're doing. Do. <laughs> I'm no good at it, honestly. I've, I've, I've started to think to myself, do you know How what? did you gonna... guys find each other then? Sorry, oh, how did so you we, and Matt? We knew each other so from, we from uni, really. Yeah, we, we were at university together and we sort of did, did all that type of stuff. And then. It wasn't, it wasn't like we synced watches, but we, we got our better partners <laughs> pregnant at the same time. And I think it's interesting that you say about sort of male postnatal depression because it's it's such a taboo subject and it's such an, uh, something that is almost laughed at if you mention it. But I think in a way that sort of led to the podcast because we were both not just finding it hard, but we were very, very low and helping each other yeah. through. Um, and I started looking into it and, you know, it was saying that males hormones change at the same time so that they can be more um, adaptive to the children and softer and um, everything else. And And also, suddenly, you have this huge pressure, like, as women do, to, like, keep this this baby alive, to... To bring money in, like both the partners, but because the mother tends to have the maternity leave, you do have more pressure because, and also you've got more pressure because as a workplace, it's not set up to kind of, so for mum, it's not easy for mums to go back to work with kids anyway. So suddenly no. you're lumbered with this world where you suddenly have more pressure on your hands yeah. than ever before as a man. So in the way that it's unequal for women in the workplace, it's also unequal for you. In Britain, there's other countries that are getting it right, but there's such a long way to go. Um, and I think that I think that being able to talk about that and um, is is kind of setting other men free. Do you know what I mean? Mm, other dads free, oh, yeah, going like, I'm not the only one. I worked in a really male orientated industry as a film, as a TV director. And I had a lot of people question me when I was pregnant, saying, oh, what a big risk you're taking because, you know, you're a TV director. Because very few, there's only about 4% of women are are directors. Mm. It's a very male-dominated kind of field. And I think there's a reason for that because it's not very flexible. You know, we're talking pre-corona, but it was really inflexible. You had to work like 12, and let's be honest, mostly 14-hour days. And then once you have kids, how can you do that? So then yeah. there are fewer directors and then it's just difficult. It's really, really tricky. Um, and I actually naively thought I could just go back to it. And 
I realised when I did go back to things that I, I just wasn't seeing my baby. Yeah. And that was really shit. So I was like, actually... But then I was really lucky that blogging kind of exploded because I didn't start my blog. I didn't even think it was possible to earn from a blog because right. no one was really doing it here at all. They were doing it in America, but that's not why I set it up. I genuinely didn't know about that. And I was actually, I was, you know, I was going back to directing and then I sort of worked out, oh, I can earn like the same money writing a blog and being with my kids than... Right than directing and having to like leave my home and travel and not see my kids and it just it just made sense to go actually I'm gonna I'm gonna become a blogger I think that's one of the positive um influences that coronavirus will have on on the workplace is that a lot of people who are now working from home will have the the clout to turn around and say actually I, I can work from home I've done it now so reduce my hours and let me work part of it from home. Let me not. Let me not. Massively. I mean, Twitter announced that they're indefinitely going to let people that work at Twitter work remotely. Mm. So they don't need to, like, go into meetings. Lots of companies are going to start adapting. In the next decade, automation is going to, like, mean that lots of people are going to lose their jobs and have to, like, upskill in digital skills. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of changes. And Corona is just fast-track these changes. So, for instance, lots of um, products and stuff are all going online. Lots of businesses are going online. They're having to adapt. You know, if you think what we're going to at the moment is such change, but a lot of businesses that were having problems, I think, are going to just, you know, die out. There's going to be fewer newspapers. And that's a shame, you know. um, But... People were changing the habits anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, people were mostly using their phones. Um, certain papers were doing okay. Um, on the whole, you've got to adapt with how people are consuming media and using media. And not really, be, it is it's a shame people are going to lose their jobs. I think if we can just have a bit of foresight now and go, right, the next few years we're going to see radical change. So what can I be doing now to armour myself with digital skills, with working online, huh. you know, so that you can kind of be prepared, basically. Well, I, I know you've, um, you're a big part of Working Mums Academy. Um, is that... yeah, so I just set this up with, um, so it's a new business that myself and Lisa Griffiths and Jack Freud have set up. It's called the Working Mothers Academy. And it's um, digital courses, there's an Instagram bundle you can get so that it's got like prompts so you get inspired. Um, to, you know, for Instagram content, also like templates, so you can make your Instagram look beautiful, you can choose from all different templates, you can put on there and put your images and just so that when you followers come to your Instagram or anybody comes, it looks really beautiful. So yeah, we, we wanted to share, you know, I wanted to share like everything I've learned in 10 years and help other women. And that's the same with my book, Mum Boss. Um, it's, you know, it came out two years ago. People are still sharing it now, buying it, finding it really useful because an online career does give you stability. You, you know, blogging, Instagramming, businesses more than ever want to communicate with people like us that are being really honest. Basically like a magazine of my life, right? Honest mum. So I write about however I'm feeling and what's going on in our lives. And then we work with brands that we 
genuinely love, like I say no to probably 80, 90% of inquiries, just work with brands that I like, you know, because I want to be honest with, you know, I'm, ne- I'm never going to endorse something that my family don't like and I don't like, yeah. so that's just, because it's not worth it, I would never do that. So I think it's kind of, um, yeah, and it's just evolved and it's growing. Now we're doing the courses to help women. Um, yeah, and I think that people say to me, oh, is it too late to start something online? Not at all. Online is exploding. Not too late to start a podcast. Not too late to start blogging. Not too late to start an Instagram account. You know, be proactive. Learn as much as you can. Um, but like you say about the creativity thing, I think that what was wonderful about, you know, the, I got, you know, I started a blog, was that for once I felt really in control of my voice and my opportunities. Don't need to ask anybody to hit publish, to reach an audience, to grow, to write how you're feeling. And I think that's a really liberating thing because when I worked in social media, you would write something, it would go, you know, would it get commissioned, would it, you know, and that's all, that's a very different way of working, and there's some lovely discussion points in that, because you get the expertise and experience of editors and then that produce all the kind of things, but what is brilliant is, with this, you just write, or you make a film, and you just put it out there, you yeah. know, and you, and, and a like-minded audience finds you, and for me, that's just so democratic, so like wonderful that anybody can do that. And I think, like you say, with um, with women as well. It's, it's I used to run a, t- a TV and film academy in in London, and one of the most difficult things to find was to find monologues and things like that for for women because the amount that there was for men compared to women was ridiculous, whereas this gives people, I think, the ability to take their own destiny in their own hands and create creative stuff and create amazing, you know, amazing projects. So that's, I think that's a really, really positive step. Yeah, and there's lots of ways to create and build businesses online. You could have e-commerce, you could have
think it's it's brilliant. It's amazing to see so many mums and dads that are, are creating brilliant businesses Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mental health, like it's the strongest I've ever felt. Honestly, I, I was struggling with a bit of depression back um, end of your last year. Then we've started this, and when we get together and do it, it's like we've stumbled across something that we should have done this years ago. And we we're now both getting to a position where we're trying to find our like fan base sort of thing, our, our areas of like you know people who come to us and like like what we do. And then we think actually, yeah, well, this is the future for us. We want to we want to really push on and. Um, you know, try and
even, you know, a blog say special because it's your platform and anybody can find you from that. And, you know, uh, and then you can take it in terms to write. You just need two blog posts a week to rank in Google. You can do your bid with your podcast. I mean, I know people that I've, I've recommended that they start, you know, a blog and within days they're on TV sofas. You know, it's literally that easy to be discovered. You share your opinions. Um, you write stuff. You do. You could even like transcribe to podcaster and put that as blog posts. There's there's tools that you can pay to do that, or you can do it, or you can work with a social media manager. You know, your Twitter, all these things. That I think you should read my book, boys. You'll read it, guys. We'll have to get you a copy. But ultimately, I think if, you know what I say in my book is that before in the sort of film and TV industry, if you put 100% into that, you'd only ever get 50% back, right? You put 50% into online stuff, you get 100% back, honestly, because of the way that SEO works and the way that, like, you are just so discoverable once you're online. Yeah? yeah, opportunities find you, and you can find opportunities really easily. You can even look on Twitter and look at hashtag journal requests right and you can find opportunities case studies people want you on telly like it's all out there you know there's no i was thinking this virus had hit 15 years ago how different that would have looked for us but not having the online not being able to google stuff not having access to information not being connected in this way with our family like we're really lucky what we've got with the internet when used like in a meaningful way, is is just a gift, really. So it can be an emotional lifeline, a financial lifeline. It can be really positive. Yeah, there are downsides. You know, I get trolls, I get sent some dodgy pictures and stuff. But ultimately, it's like ultimately, you know, the positives do outweigh the negatives. Yeah. And I think I've had to find ways to like navigate this industry because this industry doesn't always sit with my values. Mm-hmm. I think right. this industry kind of generally, like the media industry, you know, I, can, I feel like sometimes people try and, I don't know, like use one another or exploit one another and that's not my style like ever. And there's things that kind of jar with me about this industry, but there's so many amazing things about this industry. Mm. And like I say, because those outweigh those things. Um, obviously, it's a tricky one to navigate. I'm someone that's open and wear, wear my you know heart on my sleeve. Um, I believe in equality and I hate this concept of like hierarchy as in like, oh, just because, like, say, I've been blogging for 10 years accidentally, yeah, I didn't, you know, invent blogging, you know, um, that just because I've been around for longer, that doesn't make me, that doesn't mean that I'm any better than anybody else or that my quality would be better. That isn't how creativity works. So for me, I find it really strange when people are like, you know, define you as, like, a big blogger or, you know, people say, oh, you know, you're a hero and all those things, like, yeah, they're nice and they come from a well-meaning place, but me as a person, like, the stuff that I created as a director, the way I work with people, I just, I think that's really weird to me, a little bit of a moment. Um, because, and I suppose that's why I really love helping other people, because I don't want them to, to get trapped. I think once you start doing that and saying, oh, but you know, those other daddy bloggers, they've got 100,000 followers, that's okay. 
content that moves people, that resonates. And, you know, to me, that, for me, is just keep honing what you're doing. And I say that about my own work as well. And and sort of have fun with it. Keep saying to yourself, you know, am I having fun? Because I think we can get very trapped and locked down in the numbers. And you've got to realise that social media wants you to be worrying about numbers, wants you to be worrying about life, because they are a business, yeah? They want you to pay for ads. They want you to be concerned. They want, you know, that's the truth, because it's their business model that, you're, and that's, that's fine, really, because it's democratic. Like, that's okay. That's what they're doing. Doesn't mean you have to allow that to, like, dictate your happiness and your values. Definitely. Does that I... make sense? I don't know. I don't mean yeah. this in an ungrateful way because I'm very grateful for the people that follow me. I'm so grateful for people that send me lovely messages. I just want them to know that we're all the same. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Mm. We're all just trying to get our stories out there and connect with people and there's a you know it doesn't following doesn't equate to necessarily like work that's going to be meaningful to you so I think that's what I want people to sort of realize that a bit more and talk about well, I think that's what Stricker Cardiff is really with yourself is that we're sort of trying to portray the same message in terms of, I think the more we talk about parenthood, honestly, um, the, the more we can get rid of this feeling of shock and, you know, despair and everything else when it hits. Because if we're honest, it's brilliant. It's brilliant being a parent, but at the same time, it's bloody hard work and it's not easy. And there's times when there's downsides as well. And like you say, with the whole to- toxic masculinity side of it, is there's a lot of pressure on dads to go to work, but also be a, a, a you know a good dad, and then go and work all hours, and then come and be a good dad at the same time. And there's also that um, stigma of men not being very good at this, or they can't do the washing machine, or they don't do this, and sort of in the past. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of sexism that dads have to troll through, and I know certain dads, friends of mine, that have said it's been uncomfortable being the only dad at the school gates or one of very few. I'm think I'm hoping that's going to change now, post-corona, that people can work from home and get more involved. I would like to see greater equality and sharing of this load, yeah. mental and physical. I'm lucky that, um, although my husband doesn't have the flexible job and I do, he's hands-on. You know, as soon as he finishes work, he can help. He works from home a lot. So all those things mean that we have an equal partnership um, and I think, you know, but I understand that it's not possible for everyone because of the way the workplace is set up and how jobs are, are sort of, you know, structured. But um, I also think it's important for people like you as role models to say, you know, to show that you're not gormless and you do know how to cook and you know, <laughs> do the machine. And, you know, like, I don't know where that's come, come from. That, I mean, there are some men, like there's some women, that are not going to be great at certain in certain areas, but a lot of the time it's just about learning, trying, getting involved. I think we can be our own worst enemy sometimes, actually, men, to be honest, because in terms of talking and chatting about mental health and stuff, we've not done that very well and we've put pressure on each other to, to not talk about it and, you know, don't be a whatever and calling each other names when they're doing it, but also in the parenting side of it, I think generations I'm before... I'm not yawning because I'm bored, <laughs> by the way. Like, honestly, just yawning. I don't oh, know if you're filming so it. I'm so offended. I don't know if you're filming it. Yawns. Then, um, obviously, I've had to disguise about four yawns and I'm not bored. It's because my little one has a tummy ache. 
hummingbird in the night and I've been out pretty much, you know, every few hours in the night. So I promise you I'm not bored. <laughs> I also thought I just like made my ear bleed earlier before, but luckily I don't. <laughs> so we've had a few near emergencies throughout this day. So anyway, I just want to clear that up. But um, yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, I think you're right that it's important to show, yeah, to talk. Yeah, definitely. And I think I think maybe we have to, our generation needs to sort of clear up a little bit for the generation of men that came before us who might have got home from work and said, I don't know how to change a nappy. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> but yeah. Honestly, you're not boring me. No, I think, no, no, I'm really sorry, guys. This is what happens when you do a podcast where it's near bedtime. I think it's also, I think any relationship is compromised and there are going to be areas where people prefer. I mean, I'm, say, for instance, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of an example. Like, my husband prefers cooking. The cleaning, uh, he does clean as well, but, you know, he really enjoys cooking. It helps him relax. Mm. Um, and I and because I, I actually really like organising and, and sort of things like that, and I don't mind doing a bit more of that, but it is balanced because he's doing more of one thing, I'm doing more of another. That's cool. I think you've just got to find your way and, and also be really honest about those discussions um, as well. But I think things are changing. Definitely things are changing. I think as mums like myself are, are, are sort of raising the next generation of boys to to really do stuff and really Definitely. get responsible and active. And there are lots of men that are doing doing things and, and there's lots of, you know, equality in lots of households as well. It's just, yeah, we we still, we have a long way to go. I think we need to, like, societal changes need to happen. We're 100 years from the gender pay gap. You know, women are a lot more economically fragile than men. Um, they... I think women, they lose four years of their work life from having kids and then also looking after elderly parents. And those things tend to go to the woman. So there's a lot of bigger nuts that need cracking. Um, yeah, yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we, we'll, see what, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Let's hope that things, especially now with, with this tragedy of Corona that has opened a lot of employers' eyes to the fact that people are able to work really effectively from home and with their kids being homeschooled. You see, Imagine once the kids go to school, what can be achieved? Well, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it flipped on its head because I've, I work offshore, so my job is being isolated for four weeks at a time. Um, so I'm, this is sort of used to it, and I know and I've adapted and things uh, quite quick because wow. that's the... You know that when we're offshore, we we have a, a set schedule and everything is exactly the same, and that sort of helped me in this situation because once you have a schedule, you adapt so much quicker, um, and everything normalizes. But now, because so we've, what do you do offshore? Are you looking for oil? Uh, no, wind farms. Uh, okay, What's so that? Uh, we confused. we sort of lay cables with a big ship, and we chuck a robot off the back and then it digs into the seabed and then it, it lays the cables. What did you do at uni to do that, to get that done? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 at uni I did uh, writing and performing comedy for TV, so completely different. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. And like I said, I, I, went, yeah, I went into acting and I did um, stand-up and things like that for a few years and then when autumn came along, my daughter, I then went back and did another degree in health and safety and then... Uh, went and went and did that. So it's, 
But yeah. Wow. Just because you wanted like more stability, basically, like because acting can be a bit. If I'm honest with you, it's all for the money. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was, yeah, yeah. You don't it, mean the money. Exactly. Well, well, it's difficult with acting. You know, anything like that. It's a creative career is tough, right? To get the stable jobs coming in. Most people have a secondary job as well. Yeah. I was working um, partly taking acting jobs, and in between I had a, a film and TV school, so yeah. I was trying to get yeah. people in on that and then also getting the work. And I was in London most of the time, and my partner lived in Newbury, so it was going backwards and forwards. So in the end, this... Oh, yeah, yeah. This, is, this makes sense. So you go off for four weeks, and then you're back home for four weeks. Yeah, which, again, is, is difficult not seeing autumn, and then also adapting to... Every month she's she's changed, you know, and she's there's a new routine for the children and a new yeah. way of, of... You sort of have to learn to be a dad again every four weeks because you're learning new skills very quickly. Yeah, so, that yeah. must be so... Yeah, that must be a kind of an interesting thing to get to kind of, like, process as well. And But can you contact them whilst you're away or not? Sometimes the internet is too, too bad, but other times you can use the internet to call them. You can't call them normally... Um, and yeah, yeah, very oh, rarely. Yeah, really, really <laughs> <laughs> it's because I'm talking. It's, it happens I'll a lot when I talk to people. Honestly, I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I'm falling. Where are you going? Honestly, <laughs> it's all me, me, me. What? Yeah, no. Honestly, like when I've next got insomnia, I'm gonna play this back. <laughs> just play my voice. We're we're in the wrong game. And then and then the little robot and then and then it and then oh, straight honestly, out. <laughs> no, but honestly, I think you should write a children's book about this crazy career yeah. and robotics and all I think you've got you've got something there. Just you know, you and Ben need to work out a little uh, children's book. Or or a or a sleep podcast of some sort. We'll just change the uh change, yeah. How's your homeschooling going? How is your homeschooling? <laughs> well, it, no, it's going not right. I think I used to teach English GCSE, but I used to teach 16-year-olds, and then I did a bit of lecturing at unis and stuff. But it's a whole different ball game when it's your own kids, and especially when it's like seven-year-olds, ten-year-olds. Um, they've actually gotten into quite a good flow now. It took a while at the beginning away from that, you know, friends and teachers, but I feel like, I think my youngest, it's harder with him, um, and it's harder to keep his concentration, but we're loving things like all these apps, and BBC Bite Size, and, you know, and YouTube Kids, and they love, there's a lot of, like, educational, no, they are educational, shouldn't do the little bunny, <laughs> no, they are educational, like, um, stuff that's online that they can watch as well and I mean the schools have been amazing they've set work they've you know I cannot do seven-year-old math which is a worry <laughs> I'm like wow there's a lot I mean it's hard that math um so it made me feel a bit stupid in some ways but thank goodness for Google Google is your is a homeschooling parent best friend you know whether so I, like my kid was doing something and I was like in the real world you would just use your calculator on your phone so let's do that it's <laughs> fine like I think I'm just teaching them some like new 
life skills. And I've also been teaching things like Oliver can make a cup of tea, use the kettle, put the dishwasher on. Because they were doing things like filling the dishwasher, but then I wasn't like letting them put the tablet in. Why? They're seven and ten, they can do that. I'm actually really liking having, you know, two little butlers out of them. <laughs> Brilliant. Similar to what I've been teaching, I've, my two-year-old Theo can use a strimmer now. He's um, <laughs> he's really deep. Stri- he's doing the strimmer in the garden, and he, uh, really? all the I don't even work. know what that is, but it sounds Sh- great. Sharpens knives. What a strimmer is like a lawnmower. Right. good opportunity to i mean you obviously keep them in in curriculum based subjects but here we go here we go um so they (laughs) but it's also (laughs) (laughs) no i do think it's a good it's a good way to get them into teaching the stuff that you'd like them to know like you say life skills i mean we we set up a little treasure hunt in the chase near us and a class that is geography uh it's what's like that? a it's like an um a wooded area, but what we did is we, we like we buried a <laughs> we buried something and then we 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 did a map and did the whole orienteering oh my thing God, and that sounds complex. Well, it that wasn't. Was it was it was it was dead easy, but at the same time, it's better than sitting there and doing geography and sort of you know what rock is this or what is that or it, it makes it yeah. fun. You've done engaging stuff, and because of your acting, Matt, do you? Do all the voices when you read like books and things like that. Honestly, I absolutely love it because I get so into it, and then I'm, I'm sort of like, right, let's get into the character, let's build this up, let's uh, <laughs> and scene. Yeah, that's yeah. Cute, that's what that is. Oh, I love that. So, do you guys meet when you're allowed to meet? Obviously, not at the moment. Would you meet up and you still go to the pub sometimes together and things like that? Oh yeah, when it yeah, when when his wife allows. It used to be it used to be uh, go to the pub at eight o'clock and stay there and go get kebab. Now it's maybe meet up for lunch and uh, go pick up some fish fingers on the way home for the kids. <laughs> How times not, change. No, it's not as hardcore as it used to be. You can still have a blowout night, you know. Nah, I we, like before Corona, I've had some really fun nights out with my friends. And yeah, it's difficult for parents. You know, it's a hard one the next morning because we're getting older, aren't we? So, but. It's still good to remember yourself, and I've had some really fun girl, girly holidays over the years, and I found that because I don't get out very much, I'm like the last one to leave, I just want to like take every minute from the night, yeah. and I think you really appreciate that, because you don't get it enough, right? Yeah, so that's, that's our... Kind of yeah, that's our problem, you see. We went to, um, I mean, our last blowout, we went to Bath, didn't we, and... Um, uh, yeah, it went a bit too. It, it went a bit yeah. too hard. Yeah, Ben ended up asleep in the in the taxi. I ended up uh, kissing an eighty year old woman and singing uh, Oliver in the street. So <laughs> it just, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah. Oh, and how things have changed now with like just having having a drink in your kitchen. But I, that's what I'm looking forward to after this period to being able to 
like go out yeah. see my friends like I've realized what a hugger I am like I said to my friend you know Spent on the phone a few hours ago, but I just really love squishing people, like my friends, obviously. <laughs> and you know, like I've just missed all of that. And my eldest won't give me hugs at the moment; he's too cool. Oh, he bites me; doesn't want a hug. My little one still likes the hug, but you know, I am feeling like, oh, I think for me, I just really missing like my girlfriend, and yeah. And also, what I've been doing is having this thing of on Zoom, like you know, meeting up with friends, also like bashing out creative ideas, giving each other support. I think we need to do a lot more of that. Mm-hmm. We don't maybe do enough of, um, especially I was reading like the line, the witch in the wardrobe with Oliver. And um, I was doing all the voices and things like that. And I thought, I'm really good at that. And they were like, no. Okay. So I gave it a good bash. But basically at the, at the back of the book, it said that the author, C.S. Lewis, right, is known as Jack to his friends in the little back of it, would like meet up with Tolkien who wrote, I don't know if I pronounce the name right, Lord of the Rings, and they'd meet up in the pub and they would chat about their ideas. Can you imagine? Out of the pub came the, yeah. the Chronicles of Narnia, came, you know, <laughs> the trilogy of Lord of the Rings. We need to be doing more of that yeah. as creators. We need to be chatting. We need to be bouncing ideas. We shouldn't be scared to share ideas. I mean, I've never been scared to share ideas. But also, there's a thing in the cult, you know, culturally, often you would pitch ideas to like TV companies and things, and then they could just go and make them without bringing you involved. So I can see why some people in the media industry are worried about that. I mean, the really ethical good companies should do that, but sometimes it happens. But actually, it's so powerful if you've got a little group of people, two or three people that you trust, talk about those things. But um, I hope it's been useful, guys. Definitely. I'm going to have to go and eat my dinner. <laughs> yeah. But um, I've really Thanks enjoyed tonight. Thank you very much for... Um... Thanks. I feel a bit like I've, I've, like, blacked it on your podcast because you kind of email me about, like, hey, have you doing a round at mention our podcast? I was like, hey, I'll come on your podcast. Nice. Thanks it's for letting me go, Great to have you on. Yeah, it's been lovely. Thank you. Cool. Thanks, guys. And, um, you know, hope everything goes well for you. I know it will. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.